we are going to pick right up where we were last week. How many of you uh, were here last week? So you got the sycamine tree, right? Okay. If you weren't here, you, you want to get, you download the message, get a CD. They're like a hundred bucks or something. It's nothing. Uh, they, they give you one. You know, here, here's the deal it, is that, uh, right now, right now, it's just a great time to be part of what God's doing. Amen. How many know that when God's doing something, it's kind of smart to participate? Hello? You know, how many of you guys have ever tried to do something, hope God showed up? I've done that a lot. You know, and, and, and he doesn't always get involved. You know, I got to tell you something. I've had conversations with God where I've tried to get him to go agree with me. And that can be so frustrating because he don't change. He don't move. You know, he's, he's like rigid. And, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be in alignment with God. How can two walk together except they be agreed, right? Amos 3, 3. How can you walk with God if you're not in agreement with God? So you, we need to just have a mindset. We're just going to agree with God. We're going to line up and, and, and live God's way. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then all the stuff that you're worried about. He said, I'll, I'll begin to add that to your life. You stop worrying about that. You just seek me first. Get into agreement and, 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 and just live a life that's in alignment with my word. It's kind of hard to do if you don't know the word. So, you know, that, that ought to motivate you a little bit. Gee, I got I to gotta get in the word more. I, I got I to know God's word. I got to find some Bible to build my life on so I can get in agreement with God. And then we find out that what God wants us to do, he wants us to go beyond that, not only be in agreement with him, but now we're supposed to be in agreement with each other. And, you know, that's a lot easier when there's only one of us. Come on. And, and, and if you're not careful, the sycamine tree starts producing fruit in your life. And it's not sweet. It's bitter. And we end up with all kinds of stuff going on in our life. God, God began to, to really speak to me that what we need to do is that we need to grow up into maturity to do what God's called us to do. You, you know, we're going to have to just get mature, and we're going to have to be in agreement, and, and we're, we're going to have to walk in unity. And so I began to pray, okay, God, give me some stuff we can agree on. Because i got to tell you something, you know, look around the room with this many people, it's hard to find stuff we can agree on. i got great friends. I've been in church all my life, and... They're good people. We just don't agree on anything. What, what can we agree on? And, and God dropped this in my spirit, and he said, how about I hate the devil? Can we agree on that? Look at somebody. Say, what do you think about that? You know, can, can, can we agree I hate the devil? Amen. I, I, I think we ought to say that together. Okay, on three, just shout it out. One, two, three. I hate the devil. Good. We're in agreement. Give somebody a high five. I hate the devil. You know, the, the, devil, the devil's work and his strategy is simply to separate. You know, one verse says uh, uh, in the CEV, it says, I promise you that if two of you will agree together in prayer on anything, I promise you, my father, he'll do it. Can you imagine? I mean, you've got to understand the power of agreement. 
you know, what, what would happen? What would happen in, in homes? You know, just, just think about families. If, if we just get agreement in homes, nothing would be impossible for us. Look, look at Genesis 11, 6, is it? The Lord said, and everybody say the Lord said. Behold, they are one people, they have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Look at that. One people, one voice, nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible. This is God talking about a bunch of unbelievers. What happens when we come together in faith? If one people, one voice, one mind, one accord, what kind of power is released when we get there? Nothing is impossible. Guys, that's good news right there. Nothing is impossible. You got to realize that the devil doesn't cave in, give up, and quit just because you decide to love God. He doesn't back off because you, 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 you are moved by God's love. No, he probably intensifies. And it is his desire to put the wedges in anywhere he can to rob you of the ability to see the production of God's promise in your life. God's done something for us. We can't ever forget that. God did something for us. So he could get something to us. So he could accomplish something through us. But really so he could manifest among us. God's plan, God's purpose. Doesn't come just because it's God's purpose comes because we choose to pursue it. And it's not coming without opposition. We have to make a decision that we refuse to accept anything less than God life. Hello? Look, look at this with me. Psalms 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Look at that. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. You know, in your Bible, above the word planted, you should write the word transplanted. Some of your translations actually says it. Because what you have to do is, see, you have to be uprooted from the world and transplanted into God's kingdom. And when your life is transplanted into the kingdom of God, your life shall flourish. Your life shall, not might, shall Flourish. Oh, I, I think we've got to wrap our brain around this. Planted in the house of God, my life will flourish. I have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more health than sickness, more provision than lack, more joy than sorrow, more future than past. I know there's some stuff in, in, in our past that, that d just seems to wreak havoc, but the fact is, is that God has a hope and a future. I said God's got a hope and a future. See, we, we just we got to uproot ourselves from the from the from the world system and be transplanted into the kingdom of God. 
I, I want a life that flourishes. I said, I want a life that flourishes. How do we do it? It comes down to putting God first. That, that, that means that, that, you know, I got to seek Him before I seek anything else. I got to look at God. God's what's your plan? What, what's your desire? What's your will? What, what's your, what's the, you know, man, the prayer in Ephesians, you know, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you might know the hope of your calling. If only we could just get a glimpse of the hope of our calling. If we could just realize the great things that God has in store for those who serve Him. The Bible says, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man. The, the things that God's prepared for those who love Him and, and who are seeking Him. Do you love God? That would be a good place to say yes. Do you love God? Thank you. It's important. We're making tapes here. You know, we love God. Well, God has prepared some things for you. What does that mean? Made ready in advance. In other words, there's some great things in your future that you've not got to yet. And your enemy recognizes what's out in front of you. Well, what's he trying to do? Prevent you from getting it. Why? Because when you get your hand on it, it's going to cause you to be more effective for the kingdom of God than you've ever been before. It's going to give you victory over stuff that you've struggled with for years. But right out in front of you, there, there is joy. There is peace. There is hope. There is vision. There, there is prosperity. There is breakthrough. It's right in front of you. Right? We're right at the threshold of, of breakthrough. But we, we've, we've got to be uh, willing to outsmart our enemy and not be distracted by the stuff that in the end... All it's there to do is to prevent us. You know, look at Philippians 4. Start at verse 1. My beloved, my long for, my brother, my joy, my crown. Stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord. I, I implore Eudia and I implore Sintiki. You know, go home today. I don't have enough time. You got to go home today. Do a word study on their names. A couple of sisters that were having a little issue. And, and, uh, but you, you, you study who they are, and it meant something, you know, in this day and age. The name, you know, they didn't just call them Bubba because it sounded good. I mean, they called them names that had some meaning. And, and, and you know, uh, their names literally had set them up for joy and peace and blessing. But, they, but you know, they're struggling. And he said, yeah, I implore you to, to be of the same mind, the same mindset. Have the same mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Get the same mindset. You know, I, he basically, he's begging. I, I'm begging you, be of the same mind. Be the same mind. Look at verse 3. Uh, I urge you also, true companion. We don't even know who he's talking to. I, I, am, I urge you also, true companion. Help these women who's labored with me in the gospel. Help them. You know, true companion. You know, that's what, that's, you know what we're supposed to be? True companions. Look at Philippians 2 in the message. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 1. It says, you know, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if, you, if you've gained anything from being in, 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 the, in the Spirit, you know, a family of the Spirit, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, 
do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep spirit. Look at that. He ain't asking for much, is he? <laughs> Agree. Shoot. Man, I know, I already know that in about 45 minutes, I'm going to get in the car and we're going to leave the parking lot and we're going to say, where do you want to eat? You know, agreement ain't easy. Yo, come on, let's vent just a little bit. You know, where do you want to go? And you say somewhere and they go, really? I'll go anywhere you want to go. Where do you want to go? And, and they'll name places. And, you know, what I like to do is uh, they'll look up ahead, and as we're going down the road, they'll see a sign, and they'll say, how about there? And I'll go, just keep driving. <laughs> you know, agreement. Agreement's not always easy, is it? Nah. How about loving one another? Love's great as long as you're far apart. Right? Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Be deep-spirited friends. Sometimes that deep-spirited part messes up the love part. Which puts a wedge in the agreement part. It ain't always easy. You know, so we end up relationally challenged. We got re, to realize that's the enemy's game. Come on. I said, that's the enemy's game. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here, man. You really need this. Tell him. <laughs> Check this out. Luke 17, verse 1. Luke 17. He said to his disciples, Jesus talking. Check it out. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. I, I, I can't believe it. Believe it. We, we, we act shocked when offenses come. It's impossible that they don't. Hello? Come on now. It's impossible. It's impossible, except offenses will come. An offense, it, you know, what it, what it literally means, you know, to, it is, well, listen. Do we really have to explain what an offense is? Give me 15 minutes. And one of us is going to get offended. Come on, I've been in church all my life. And we, 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 we can offend, we are gifted. We, we, got, we got what it takes, right? We're, we're good at it. We start talking and, and, and you know, we, we just, we're susceptible to, to offenses. It is impossible. Listen to the word offense. It's the Greek word scandalon. It's where we get our word scandal. And it literally means the movable stick or trigger of a trap. Any impediment placed in the way that would cause one to stumble. It's a trap. I said it's a trap. And it's impossible for you to think that your enemy is not going to set up traps to try to get you to stumble. 
Why? Because it'll drive a wedge in and you'll no longer be in agreement. You're going to lose their love for each other and the spirit's going to be drained out of your friendship. What's he really after? The fact that now nothing is possible. But when we're one voice, one people, nothing's impossible. So he's setting us up with traps. Look at verse 3. Take heed to yourself. Everybody say yourself. I know what we want to do when we're offended. We, we want to project. But the Word of God says, you, you take heed to yourself. You take, you take heed to yourself. Now, please, don't tell yourself, well, I can't be offended. I've, I've been in, that's a trap, too. Because I've been in that place where I thought, well, I just can't be offended. I choose not to be offended. It's impossible. But that offenses will come. You, I said it's impossible. So you gotta, you got to realize, there's, okay, there's a trap. So i got to take heed to myself. If, uh, if a brother trespass against thee, trespass. It means to cross a border, to break a line. You know, I personally would think that, that, that I'd have more, you know, insight and understanding than I do in this arena. But I'm right now learning a lot about this. Because, see, in, in my world, uh, you know, the, the, the borders are, are out there. You know, when it comes to church life, my, my borders aren't too tight. We grew up in an in a environment where the borders were really tight. Right? You didn't have to move very far to cross a border. You, you know, they passed out a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket during church and said, spit your gum in there because chewing gum is a sin. I didn't have to do much to cross the border. Well, in my life, see, I'm feeling like, wow, I've really grown, I've really developed because my, my borders are way out there, and I can go to church, and, and I'll say stuff, you know, that, that to me is just kind of shocking and funny and, and, and because my border's way out there. I forget some of your borders are really thin. Oh, come on. You, you know, I, I just want to be transparent and, and, and honest with you this morning. There's, there's, there's not that many people in the room, probably, that I haven't offended because of the borders. I'm just now, I'm just now realizing it. And you know what's crazy is that when I cross your border, and when someone else crosses your border, you've been offended whether you like it or not. Somebody's crossed your line. Now, we could argue the fact, well, you should broaden your your borders a little bit but that's not the issue the issue is someone's crossed your line and then when you know this next part he says rebuke them we go yeah yeah i'll rebuke you and there'll be blood all over the place. yeah that's not what it means the word rebuke means to speak honestly intelligently and politely might want to write that one down honestly intelligently and politely rebuke him and if he repent remind them you know uh None of us are beyond crossing a line. 
I got to tell you something this morning, you know, because I'm just kind of wrapping up last week's message and, and, you know, the sycamine tree. I got to tell you something, you know, you know, all of the offenses that we've that we've created. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of mine. I want you to get that tape. I'm sick of mine. I'm actually sick of yours. We got a sick of yours tree, too. Right. Why? Why? Because I hate the devil. I hate the devil. And, and you know what happens is you cross somebody's line, and when they actually rebuke you correctly, you have a tendency to, to not realize that's their line. You know, just recently, I offended someone, and they rebuked me correctly. And my tendency is to tell them, well, that's a silly little line. That's stupid on my part. That's their line. And I have to decide what's, what's more important to me. Arguing over the line or maintaining unity, oneness, love, deep-spirited friendship. I think unity needs to become the most valuable possession that we possess. Because it is in unity where God commands the blessing. It's in unity where God commands the blessing, where he positions you to win and succeed in any situation where no weapon formed against you can prosper. That's where it's at. So you gotta, you gotta realize, and, and, and I just, I, I just wanna, I, I wanna point out here just, just a couple of things that, that it says, take heed to yourself. If your brother trespasses against you, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. There's actually more responsibility on the offended than the offender. But when you're an offender, you still got some responsibility here. Instead of justifying yourself, you gotta repent. You got to get back on top of it. Repent. I love this word. Repent. You know, words are kind of like my thing. And uh, I love prefixes because a prefix is a grammatical stem added to the beginning of a word to change the meaning of that word. So you can take any word you want, put a prefix on it. It totally changes the word. That's sick. Repent. You know what's so cool about repent is it's two prefixes. Put together to make a word. Re. God's favorite prefix. God re-everything. Restore, renew, revive, refresh, repent. Re means to bring back to the original state of. Pent is the prefix, which means top. Pent house. It's on the top. Repent to be brought back to the top. What the enemy is trying to do is press you out of your position. And what God wants you to do is get back on top again. Get out from under the weight of that burden. Get, 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 come on, come on. That's a trap. You, you fell in the hole. Get up. Get, get out of the hole. How hard is it just to say, you know what? Well, it, it's, it's terribly hard. It's, it's really, you know, it's kind of like agreement. Agreement sounds good on paper. But it, it's, it's not hard. It, it, it's not hard in theory, just in practice to just say, dude, I was wrong. Sorry. Repent. And if he repents, 
Forgive him. This morning, I, I, I want to give you a couple of points on how to rebuke effectively. How to rebuke effectively. Tell somebody, oh, this is going to be good. Got to get past the sycamine tree here. You know, what we have to do, according to this verse, is that we have to confront, we have to forgive, and we have to forget. Now, I'm not going to tell you it's easy because I, I think that anything that God asks you to do is going to demand his involvement in it. In other words, you can't do this on your own. You, you, you won't accomplish this without God infusing you with inner strength. You're good. You just ain't that good. And the enemy wants you to believe, I got this. And he wants you to try it on your own. But all you have to do is look back at all those broken relationships and realize you, you ain't very good at this. But with God, all things are possible. I think the first thing that we need to do when it comes time to rebuke, okay, number one, step number one, is never confront until you first prayed. Never confront until first you've prayed. I know how easy it is to talk to our spouse about stuff and, and to talk to our friends and, 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 to, and to talk to people. Have you talked to God? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Trying to get God to agree with me, it's tough. But you give me 10 minutes, and I can get a bunch of you to agree with me. Hello? But you go to God, and you take it to him in prayer, and you get honest, and, and, and you give him time to respond to you. I've got to tell you, a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, you know, offenses that, that have occurred that are, that are just really, you know, really, 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 you know, bothering me, and, and, and I'm smart enough to go, okay, I've got to go pray first. By the time I'm done, it's over. Not always, but sometimes by the time you're done praying, talking to God, you realize, you know what? This is as much me as it is them. You know, I, I can live with this. It ain't that big a deal. You got, you got to be willing to pray first. Come on, is it all right if I'm just pastoral today? Talk to God. I can't believe they hurt me. Well, it's impossible that offenses don't come. That is impossible. And if you think, well, this is the last time they'll hurt me, you're crazy. You're going to be offended again. It's, it's impossible except offenses come. Well, will we ever grow past it? It's impossible. We, what, what we need to learn, though, is to talk to God about it. You ought to talk to God about it. You know, we've all been in situations and a party to, 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 different, to different things when people did it right and when people did it wrong. And, you know, it's not hard to tell when somebody's doing it wrong because, man, there's just flesh all over that. 
you know, I, it, it might shock you, but I have flesh. I know, I'm letting that sink in. Some of you are, what? What? I, I thought he had perfect. Almost. <laughs> Don't make me define that. Isn't it easy to just kind of get defensive and get argumentative and try to build your, you know, something I taught my boys since they were really little taught them sometimes I, I i didn't learn it very well but i taught them the innocent don't need a defense so when you start defending yourself might be because you're guilty quiet in this presbyterian church <laughs> got to go to god got to talk to god got to pray Father, help me. Help me. I, 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 want, I want to mature. I want to grow. You know, it just ain't easy to go confront somebody. It's not easy to admit, you crossed my border. You broke this. You, bro you know what? Maybe later in life your borders will get bigger, but right now you crossed it. And the issue isn't where's the border. The issue is you crossed it. And if I don't deal with it, it's going to drive a wedge in here. And it is going to ruin relationship. So rather than allow that to happen, I have to be willing to deal with it. So i got to talk to God. I've got to go pray. Somebody say amen. The second point, the second step, is, is never go with a judgmental attitude. You know, you got to pray long enough to get over that. Guys, hear me. I've been confronted correctly, and it still wasn't easy. So when you're confronted incorrectly, it's going to blow up. So you can't go with judgmental attitudes. You just got to get clean. It might, it might actually help you to say something like this. I know you didn't intend to hurt me. But you did. I know you didn't just set out to ruin my world. It's not a good idea to walk in and say, Well, you succeeded. <laughs> Made me mad. You do realize that Nobody can make you anything. Pastor, you made me mad. No, I didn't. If I could make you stuff, I'd make you tithe. I can't make you, you know, and you can't make me. And, and there have been times when, I, when I've got mad and I want to blame it on, you know, whoever's close. You just got to realize, you know what? One of the cool things about relationship is relationship will always allow you the opportunity to go to a new level. Always. But it brings stuff to the surface that's in you that has to be overcome in order to go to that level. See, it's in the overcoming of a thing that one is positioned for promotion. You've got to overcome it. 
you got you to overcome some stuff, right? So if you overcome some things, you take your marriage to a new level. If you don't overcome it, you just get divorced. It's in the overcoming of a thing. You, you, you got to... You gotta grow. You, you gotta, you gotta realize in the garden, here's Adam, made in the image and the likeness of God. We're talking about a, the, 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 the perfect specimen. And, and, and he's smart and he's sharp and he's naming all the animals and, and, and he's doing all this stuff and he's clicking right along. But God looks at him and realizes we got a problem here. Because he's made my image and my likeness, but he don't act like me. Why not? Well, because it, right now everything's about Adam. He's got an issue. How are we gonna solve it? Eve. So he knocks out Adam. When Adam wakes up, whoa, man, there's woman. Right? And what does she do? She brings the issue of selfishness in Adam to the surface so that he can deal with it. Why? So he can move up to the level that he's been created to live at. Relationships will always bring stuff to the surface in you. So you can grow. So you, so you, so you can be catapulted to a, to a different place. That's why you can't be judgmental because of step number three. You you must remember, step number three. You must remember that you've trespassed in the past. See, you need to you need to go talk to God. You need to go without judgment, but you need to remember. I've done this kind of stuff myself. I've, I've offended others. I've crossed people's borders. You know, right, right here in church, it's so, it's so easy for, you know, think about it. How, how easy would it be, you know, to, to cross a border? Because we're all from so many different backgrounds and so many, so many different uh, mindsets and so many different belief systems. And, and, and you know, this is where we started off today. You know, wh- man, what can we agree on? Well, how about we hate the devil, right? Okay, we get agreement there. But, you know, you know how easy it is to cross lines and then never know it? And so you just see people kind of fading away. Why? Well, because their lines have been crossed. And, and we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to grow through it. Well, in order to do what God's called us to do, we've got to mature. We've got to get sharp. We've got to speak to that sycamine tree. You've got to speak to that sycamine tree. And he said, if you speak to it, it'll be, it'll be taken up and, and by the roots and planted in the sea. Remember, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, look, guys, if somebody offends you, you forgive them. And, and if they repent, you know, let it go. And if he, uh, if he trespasses seven times in one day and he repents seven times, forgive him every time. And the disciples' reply was, help us, Jesus. They said, increase our faith. And Jesus turns to them and says, if you just had faith, the grain of a mustard seed. In other words, it ain't going to take a whole bunch of faith To do this, what's it going to take? A whole bunch of obedience. It's not a faith thing. It's an obedience thing. You've got to confront. You've got to forgive. You've got to forget. It's time to move on. Why? Because the enemy is trying to get you to forget the goodness of God. 
Take your eyes off the goodness of God. You know what? God's doing good things right here. And we're, we're right at the threshold of even greater things. It's going to be awesome right, right now. We got a couple of gals in Haiti. John Smithwick, he, he texted me earlier, you know, right, right at the beginning of, of their crusade, and he said, I got to tell you the story. He said, you know, while the teams were at the hotel being trained, he said, I, I went out with, on the street with the camera crew. We're going to get some footage. And ended up coming toe-to-toe with, with a, 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 a witch doctor. And... Uh, uh, voodoo witch doctor and I, who, you know, I got to tell you something. If you ever go anywhere with John Smithwick, realize that there's something about him that attracts opposing mindsets. We, we, we left the church here that night. Remember he had, he had talked about, uh, uh, you know, different people that he always ran into. We went, we went out to dinner, and, and in the parking lot, uh, these guys ride up on their bicycles and start talking to him, and they, and they go toe-to-toe on belief systems. And, and I'm just like, everywhere you go with Smithwick, trouble happens. So uh, here he is, and, and he's, 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 he's toe-to-toe with this witch doctor, and, 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 you know, I can't wait to get all the story, but the, the, the parts I have so far, uh, by the time they're done, a bunch of people are healed. The witch doctor's mom and dad are saved. A bunch of people in the village, half the village came out, you know, to, to watch this showdown, and God showed up, and it's cra- and you're a part of that. See, and, and, and the thing that's crazy is that, that if, if you're not careful, you won't see any of the goodness of God. You'll be distracted by the fact that somebody crossed your border. And it's real. They really did. But you got to understand, that's the trap to get us to take our eyes off of the goodness of God. See, we've been called here to, to reach suffering humanity, to find people who are far from God and walk them to a place where they're close to God. And, and we, if we don't watch our borders, if we don't take heed to ourselves. We miss the goodness of God. So when somebody comes to you and they say, look, we need to talk. Don't think they should grow up. No, think they value unity. Because it's impossible that we don't cross some borders. But it's obedience that says, talk about it. Remember, if you cut the sycamine tree off at the roots, it's going to grow anyways. You, you, you don't rid yourself of bitterness by pretending it ain't there. Can I, help, can I help you in some marriage areas in two minutes? When your spouse tells you... We, we probably should talk about this. Don't defend. Repent. Just repent. Yeah. Uh, unless you're evil. You know, uh, unless you just like havoc, chaos, sickness, and disease, unless that's really what you're into. But if you want health in your home, you got to realize how hard it is to speak to this thing. And when somebody finally gets a backbone, you know, it takes a backbone to live God life. 
Remember, the best verse in the whole Bible is Jehoshaphat created ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not for they were broken at Ejon Geber. That's the best, best verse in the whole Bible. Jehoshaphat created ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not for they were broken at Ejon Geber. You've got to learn that. You've got to get that memorized. Put that one on the refrigerator. You have to tell you, you go all the way through your little bread of life, you know, Holy Ghost fortune cookie thing there, and it ain't in there. But you just write it out there a couple of times and slide it in. Jehoshaphat, the king, created vessels. The king created vessels, you and I, to go for the gold. Jehoshaphat's ships never made it because they were broken. Ejon Geber, Ejon Geber's two words, Ejon Geber, backbone. They didn't have a backbone to face the storm that was going to prevent them from getting the gold. God has created you to, to, to carry precious cargo, golden cargo, but it's going to take a backbone to face the storm. Without a backbone, you ain't going to carry anything golden. Without a backbone, you're not going to have a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Without a backbone, listen, it's the goodness of God that draws us to connect. It's the love of God that moves us to commit. Right? It's the Spirit of God that inspires us to complete. But it's the life of God, God life, that empowers us to compel. We have, a, we have a job to live a life that's compelling, to go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in, that his house is full. But without a backbone, you're not going to live a compelling life. Without a backbone, you're just going to be broken. You're going to be off track. You're going to be in a snare, in a pit, in a trap, because it's impossible to go through life without the traps being set. It is not impossible to defuse them, to climb back out of them, and to move into the future that God's called us to. Just take some courage, some love, and some commitment. So when your spouse, your coworker comes, and they say, we need to talk, don't think they're little. Realize they're bigger than you. And I need to repent. Because unity is more valuable than my position. It's in unity that God commands the blessing. Amen? Close your book, bow your head. Father, we thank you that you love us. Right where we are, you love us. Too much to leave us here. God, you have great plans for us as a body, for us as individuals. Lord, there's hope and future. We realize that we, we, we face off with an enemy who's determined to keep us out of the future that you have planned for us. But we refuse to allow the enemy an upper hand. So today, Lord, I just pray for every person in this room that they have the ability to, to recognize the sycamine tree that's growing in their life, that they would see it, that open our eyes and show it to us. Father, uh, give us the wisdom now to, to speak to it and, and to do it correctly. So that the things pulled out of our life by the roots, removed and thrown into the sea, so that, so that we can enjoy the, 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 the fruitfulness of a flourishing life. God, I just thank you that you are causing each of us to grow and you're connecting us with people who need you and that we're going to be effective in bringing them to you. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask you a question. Before we leave here today, we're all going to pray a prayer. And if you have things in your life that, that have uh, caused your life
to be disconnected from God. If you've never had a relationship with God or, or, or your relationship's broken, this, is, this moment's for you. This is your prayer. Don't, don't leave this place without, without connecting to the love of God. God wants to love you. But you can't have relationship with God without relationship with His Son, Jesus. The way to the Father is through the Son. So this is going to be your prayer. If you're here right now, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But if you're here and you say, you know what, Tom, I want my life right with God today.